All right, guys, here we are, part three. This is becoming a normal thing for us because we talk a lot. But, I mean, I think that's why you listen to us, Bo. Don't you agree? Mm-hmm. We have, as you've seen, the velvet tones of the uh, Parked and Turned One podcast. We are keeping you company tonight, and we're about to jump into the Saxon Ring race. That's right. How was that? So, did, you, did that sound good? Your voice was so good right there. I mean, I, I love it. I think our users are all going to send us uh, some messages. Um what I would like to say is I'd like for people to hit us up on our social media to wish Bo well. Um, we'd love to see it. And after I post that we have this up, hit us up and uh, tell Bo to get better soon. Uh, that'll make him work harder with his PT, even though it sucks. Um, he's got to fight through it, but he knows it. So with that, let's get into the Saxon ring. Moto 3, Pedro Acosta wins it. Kaito Toba finishes second. Dennis Foggia finishes third. Jeremy Alcoba finishes fourth. Andrea Mino finishes fifth. Nicolo Antonelli finishes sixth. Sergio Garcia finishes seventh. Tatsuki Suzuki finishes eighth. Xavier Artigas finishes ninth. And Isan Guevara finishes tenth. That man, or that young man, Pedro Acosta, ran a brilliant brilliant race what were your thoughts when you watched that race at the saxon ring he's uh, he's on a different level uh, i mean you know we've talked before about some of the size of the ride you mentioned you know jeremy alcoba being a larger rider in moto three um you know pedro cost is actually one of the taller riders in moto three i think and and you really don't know it watching him ride the bike. You know, he can really get tucked in and behind. And, and, but the way that when you see him leaned off the bike, you really start to see how tall he actually is. But he's still yeah. so fast on this bike. And he, he can put that bike wherever he wants it, whenever he wants to be there. And it, it, he's just so calculated in every move that he makes. And, you know, how many times did we see him make a pass for the lead in turn 12? Um, into that, you know, that, that long left-hander coming out the waterfall at uh, Saxon Ring. It, it just seemed like he could make that pass at will whenever he wanted to. Well, I, let me step in real quick to say that, you know, I complained about how often they talk about don't fight with the rider. You're letting another guy get away. Don't pass. Don't don't race, essentially, uh, which irritates me. But they also, with equal uh, opportunity, like to mention how much trust he has in the front end of that KTM but they're right. I yeah. mean, this guy on the front end of that motorcycle is better than just about anybody else. It's unbelievable how good he is on the front of that motorcycle. And uh, it's, 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 it's crazy to watch when he was coming down into that turn over and over and over, able to do things that nobody else seemed to be able to do. No, absolutely. He's, he's operating on a different level right now. And, and I'm excited to see what the future holds for this young man. Uh, and he's just... Just a phenomenal rider, phenomenal talent. Akiyo, once again, you know, putting the building, just building a powerhouse and and building a pipeline of riders to continue to funnel for strong and competitive teams for years to come. Uh, I mean, the guy's building a a tiered, a multi-tiered dynasty with this KTM team. Mm. That's one hundred percent true. And you know, I said in our last episode or last section, you know, and KTM is coming. Well, guess what? They're coming with the bikes. They're coming with the riders. Yeah. They're just coming to dominate. And 
everybody else better pay attention because I know they're all working hard trying to do their best. But you better watch KTM because they are really, really looking strong for the future and now. It's unbelievable. You know, and I think KTM, and, and I'm going to take a step to kind of kind of pull back away just from the Moto3 uh, race specifically and, and still talk about KTM as a whole. They've got riders that that don't seem fickle um, from week to week. Uh, and, and, you know, consistency a, yes yeah, there's not a lot of well even when there's something there's not a there's not a good day you know even when we don't have a good day even when even someone has a crash they're not they're they're building teams that don't focus solely on the negative that say well the bike's not doing what it needs to do so it's the bike's fault they are right they are focused on themselves they look inwards to say okay this is what i need to do and and, and we see that, that and, and even with post race interviews we see miguel Oliveira. we see the way that brad bender goes around or around about his uh, business we see the way that remy gardner goes about his business the, the way that raul fernandez carries himself and the way that pedro acosta looks you know even as a young kid and, and i say and 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 I, we've even seen that shift start with Jamma Masia. You know, we haven't seen all of the uh, the results that we know Jamma Masia is is capable of yet. But he's becoming a, a more poised and more calm, more reserved rider and more calculated rider as the year progresses. Um, I think he's going through a bit of a learning curve, and his his results might not be showing uh, correctly. You know, despite the the fourth place that he had in Catalonia, he crashed out. You know, at Saxon Ring, but um, I, I just think that KTM is—they're such a dark horse right now, and they're—they're—they're—they're they're, they're definitely going to be a force to be reckoned with. I think now, yep. you know, like now, yeah, we're yeah. here now, and and we've seen that, you know, with Pedro Acosta, um, you know, the Moto Two race. Looking ahead just a little bit, once again. There was a KTM on, on the top step. And then with the MotoGP race, we saw a KTM on the podium again. So, you know, not to give any spoilers out. I mean, everyone already knows what happened, but but we'll get to those. We'll get to them. But no, Pedro Costa, just to to start at the at the bottom level right now with Moto3, Pedro Costa is definitely run, carrying the flag right now in the Moto3 uh, class for these oh, yeah. guys. 100%. And, you know, I, 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 we, what, I said it last time, maybe last week, or two, three weeks ago, what else can you say about Acosta? I mean, you know, he's made some mistakes. He's young. He's still learning. But, my goodness, he is – he's truly, the, in my opinion, the lead he has in the championship just shows the class. He is the class of that Moto3 paddock right now. There, there's nobody else close. Um, the way he's riding. Now, that may change into the year, but the way he does it, I don't think so. I just think – I think this guy is just head and shoulders above everybody else in that class right now. And if something changes it, I don't think it's. I, I, I don't think it is a. If something changes, I think it's due to such an outside force, like a bad injury, a bad crash, you know, something like that along those lines. I don't think it's. I, I just don't see it to be something that. Um, we might see a rider that would crack under pressure, you know, or a rider that starts making silly mistakes, you know, kind of what we see out of Sam Lowe's in the Moto2. I just don't see that coming out of Pedro Acosta. When you look at the hit, he he holds himself and, uh, you know, he's got a presence about him inside of his box. And uh, I just think that, yeah, he's, I I don't think that we're going to see that kind of a, a crack with him. Yeah, no, nor do I. I. I mean, look, he, this guy is, 
55 points ahead of the second place guy. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. It's crazy. But he's, he's, he is. He's, a, he's head and shoulders above the rest of that class right now. All credit to him for what he's doing. Hopefully he keeps it up and continues his journey up the ladder in MotoGP. But, you know, Kaito Toba putting it on in second is mm-hmm. a big deal. Yeah, I'm glad to see it. Good it's, for him. That's a great race by Kaito. I completely agree. This guy's had, you know, we saw him uh, win a race in 2018 with the uh, the Honda Team Asia. Um, that was a, a and fantastic then, win. Right. And then he was really and then nowhere basically for disappear. Yeah, yeah, and I hate that, you know, but but he's he's stayed, you know, he's managed to, to stay in the paddock. He's, he keeps he puts in the laps he puts in the time he's on the deck a lot you know he has a lot of crashes but for him to play second this time and run a really good race I think that's a huge result for him I, I think it's a result that he needed it's a result that he deserved he, he deserves to be on the podium uh, and I, I want I want this to be that spark for him to carry momentum and to start seeing these good results you know consistent top tens top fives etc to, to get him back to being competitive and really develop that talent because you know, we talk all a lot of time all the time about how we would like to see more Americans, uh, you know, in in, in the MotoGP, Moto2, Moto3 grids, and we want to see those those homegrown talents go over. And but you know, it's it's really good to see the Japanese talent as well. And and just you know, we want to see riders. These are the best of the world, so we want to see people from all over the world, you know, be there. And 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 not to take anything away from the Spanish riders, but there's a lot of Spanish riders in in, in the MotoGP. So you know, we we want to see more diversity. At least I do. I'm sorry, I don't want to speak for you, but you know, I would like to see more diversity in, in the paddock and, and to really see folks, you know, not just the Italians and the Spaniards that are that are fighting week in and week out. Um, but, but I think the Moto3 is probably one of the more diverse groups that we've got. Um, but I'm, I'm glad for Kaito Toba. All that to say, you know, congratulations to Kaito Toba and to keep it up. Yeah, absolutely. I, I Look, I, I'm pulling for the guy because he was basically nowhere after that win for the last, you know, 36 months. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, so it's so much so that we didn't even really uh, – ever talk about him but he's a guy who's uber talented and and you think well maybe you know maybe he'll get it together but he he just never could seem to to get it done um but maybe now this will be the springboard to do that so you're Mm -hmm. right so i hope so as well dennis foggia finishing in third um i think I wonder what the betting lines are on where Dennis Fagia is going to finish week to week. Like I, if you like, if they have it on the sports book, they're like, "Hey, Fagia in first through fifth. What are the odds? Six to ten. What are the odds? And what are the odds that he just finishes last? Because that's feel like I feel like that's the yo-yo we're on with Fagia. Yeah. When he is good, he is brilliant. But when he's not, he's not good. He's nowhere. Yeah. There's just. Uh, yeah, he's a wild card. There's no, there's not a lot of consistency out of him. But like you said, I mean, when he's, when he's on it, that bike is, <clears throat> that bike's a bullet. No one can catch him. No, that's true. And and so we we need to figure out what that motivation is that makes him fast and get him get him that breakfast every race weekend, every Sunday. He needs to be eating that breakfast. <laughs> um, now he got on the podium to be fair because Alcoba got docked a spate a, a, a position. Um, and I mean, this man, Alcoba, 
I, I don't know, man. This guy's a little bit a wild card, right? Like he's a little bit wild out there, and he's developing the reputation or has developed a reputation as being a guy who's not afraid to mix it up and also not afraid to make it dangerous for everybody around him. Yeah, I think that there's always that person that starts to uh, carry that reputation. You know, Darren Bender did for a couple of years. Um, we saw Darren Bender kind of calm down, and now uh, and now we've, I guess the paddock's starting to look for that other, that, the, the next person. Um, I, I was I was almost expecting Dennis Onchu to really start to, to emerge as that individual, but Jerry Malcoba seems to find himself in, in more precarious situations quite a bit. Um, so, yeah, I, I agree that Jerry Malcoba is, is fast. When he gets to the front, though, he is aggressive, to say the least, Um but and I say certainly not calculated. Uh, you know, he's. I don't think that the judgment has really developed there yet with him. Yeah, I, I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what Alcoba's future looks like. I mean, he may mature a little bit. He's very young still. He's big, so maybe he moves up to Moto Two and catches fire, and he, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's he's true the best. Too. And we don't know. I mean, but right now he's a little bit, seems a little bit ragged a lot of the time, making decisions that aren't super smart. But, you know, hopefully he'll start to learn that. Um, you know, for Mino, this was a good finish. You know, fifth was a good finish. He needed a finish. He had missed the last two races, you know, DNF'd, I should say. Um, so that's not great. You know, Sergio Garcia in the top 10, not a disaster. Right. Uh, but he needed that. Nicolo Antonelli finishing in six was was good, but I felt like Nico Antonelli would have been better at Saxon Ring. I expected him to do a little better than that, but, you know, he's another one that kind of disappears on occasion. I mean, really just don't know. Like, Nico is just, he's there sometimes, he's really good, and then other times we're like, uh, yeah. what? So, <laughs> um, but Suzuki finishing, I think that's his fourth finish in his last 12 races, so... I'll uh, I'll give him a nod for that because he's on the bow bus. He doesn't mean I know it yet, but he's on the bow bus with me. Um, Xavier Artigas finishing in ninth, and Izan Guevara. I mean, I think Izan Guevara is starting to find some consistency. We know he's got talent. Um, yeah, he's getting into a and, groove on the bike, I think. Yep, absolutely, bit. absolutely. And, you know, but again, here I am super disappointed with John McPhee, Darren Bender, mm-hmm. and Romano Fanati. So okay, so Dar- so let's talk about Darren Bender. Um, Darren Bender started the race, or excuse me, had a long lap penalty, right? Uh yes. Now the long lap no, penalty. No, he started. He, he just no. He didn't. He who started from pit lane? Wasn't that Darren Bender? That wasn't Darren Bender. No. Okay. So look, I can't remember what happened with Darren Bender. I have too many races in my head, so I apologize to all of you. Podcast land, and I'm sure at this point I'll receive a text from Dan telling me what it was. Uh, can you look that up, Bo? Anyway, I think what happened. But, <laughs> I think what happened was that you know Darren Bender got black flagged from Q2 because he came together with the uh, with with someone in uh, with Kelso in uh, right um, in Q1. Um, so Darren Bender was then black flagged for Q2, but then I think was he also because he was then had to start. Uh, or had to have a long had to go through a long lap penalty 
um, because of that as well in the race. So it's like he got double penalized for that. I I think that's what happened because I was confused as well. Whenever we started watching the, the race, I didn't I didn't hear what was announced. You know, with right. him or why he had to do all I saw was you know number forty long lap penalty can go through, and to me I I was already fairly upset that you know he was penalized twice um you know for that incident right. with, uh, if that's the case you know I don't I don't agree with that I, I definitely so he had a right he got a ride through penalty that I knew was he it. was yes. in pit lane that's and I couldn't it. remember why so he had a ride through penalty for what he did in Q one for irresponsible riding so which yeah go ahead. No, I completely. I don't. I don't agree with the ride through. You've already. No, that's garbage. Bl- you've already given him a black flag through Q two, and you can't. You know, he he earned his way through Q one. Obviously, he had already set his fast lap. He went out. You know, the, the you know Kelso went wide and turned one. Darren Bender was leaned over to the right. Um, they came together. It, it, it was an incident. We saw we we saw something similar in a race with uh, obviously with uh, Johan Zarco and Paul Spargro a couple of years ago in Brno. That that was more or less the same thing that yep. happened, although it was just a slow yep. speed, you know, at Saxon Ring. So okay, you 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 give him a black flag for the rest of Q two. He's starting in 18th position, and so you're gonna not let him advance in Q two anymore, and you're still gonna hit him with a with a ride through penalty. I'm sorry, you double penalty. You, you've, you've, that, that's not right. If I am, I don't think that's right. I'm sorry, that's a bad call. Uh oh, uh oh, somebody's trying not to get invited to the FIM banquet dinner at the end of the year. <laughs> I'm already off that list. I couldn't even be in the same country. We're gonna have our own. Like they, hey, let, you know what? That's what we should do. I'll we'll smoke invite, some stuff, and we'll invite yep. Karen Bender. We're going to invite Darren Bender. Also, I want to invite my man, Ryusei Yamanaka, the mm-hmm. street fighter. Now, that's not his nickname. I'd like to say it, but that's what I call him. Um, it should be. And you know what? As a matter of fact, if you're in the Moto3, Moto2, or MotoGP paddock, and you want to come by for our dinner, just send us an RSVP. We'll have plenty of food. Of that, I promise you. Um, you might need another foreman grill, though. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, but I think um, I think that that the penalty was a bit excessive, just as you do. And also, why do we have a long lap penalty lane now if we're going to do the ride through? Exactly. The stop. I need the FIM to stop it. Stop it, FIM. Be consistent in your punishments. Don't just do whatever you think that day. I mean. So the long lap, the, oh, only, the only, and I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I'm just going to play devil's advocate just a little bit to be objective. Please don't think that I'm, please do not think that I'm, I'm batting for the FIM here because I'm really not. The only argument that I can think of for the Saxon ring to have, to, to issue Darren <clears throat> with that ride through penalty as opposed to long lap penalty is because the long lap penalty here was in turn one and you didn't lose a lot of time if you went through that long lap penalty. Um, you know, we, we see, we've seen riders go wide in turn one and almost hit that long lap pedal, that, that long lap lane and still, you know, come out in turn two and be able to fire it down in, into turn two and, and not lose too much room. But on the flip side of that, a ride through penalty compared to a long lap penalty, there is no comparison. You're going to lose, you, you, there's no comparison whatsoever. No, here's my thing though. They'd already punished him by not letting him go to Q2. So he was yes. already at the back. Yes. And so if he goes on a ride through penalty... 
he is going to be at the very back of that grid. Exactly. And he's going to have to work his way all the way through it. So that's penalty enough for doing something. Unless you thought he was being malicious or trying to hurt someone, that would have been plenty. But what we've got is a, a decision that can be described as nothing more than by the seat of their pants. Let's see if we can make this a little harder just because. You didn't. All you did, again, was show us that you are there to impact racing and you need to stop. Yes. Because I'm not paying money to watch you. Regulates. Yeah, you don't want yeah, to. Yeah, I, I, Mike Webb, I'm sure you're a perfectly nice man. Ooh. But stop being part of my discussion. We're calling him out individually now. I Well... He's he's the man behind this. Mm-hmm. He's the FIM representative. This is what Mike Webb does. This is his job. Yep. And I'm sure he's a perfectly nice man. But I'm not going to call him reasonable because what he's deciding to do here and previously is not reasonable. And just like you, I'm sick of it. So <clears throat> with that, I'm going to drop it and we can move on because that's all I've got for Moto3. I mean, unless you've got another no. big storyline in there that I've forgotten. No, Let's move no. on to Moto2. Right. Well, in Moto2, we saw Remy Gardner win it, Aaron Kinnett finishing second, Bezecchi finishing third, mm-hmm. Dejan Antonio finishing fourth, Sam Lowe's was in fifth, Marcel Schroeder was in sixth, Jorge Navarro was in ninth, Albert Arenas was in eighth, Marcos Ramirez was in ninth, I'm sorry, Jorge Navarro finished seventh. He's number nine. Uh, and then Cameron Bobier was in tenth. Um, another top ten for the Bobes. Uh, but I think the story of the day is that Remy Gardner is still on fire. Oh, this is, uh, yeah. And it's the Remy Gardner show at this point. You know, he pulled out and he followed, I think he followed uh, Raul Fernandez for a couple laps maybe. and um, Or one mm-hmm. lap, excuse me. No, it was one lap. Um, and, uh, after that, that's all she wrote, uh, you know, I mean, it, Raymond Gardner just ran away with it. And, and unfortunately, Raul Fernandez, you know, went down trying to follow, tried to go with, with Remy, um, didn't have the same pace and ended up losing the front, uh, down. But that's what Remy, but I think Remy knew that. I think that's what he was doing. Let's push him from the front. You know, we always see him push him from the back, right? Yeah. yeah. But I think he was saying, let's push him from the front. And make him try to keep up. If I keep it slow, he can keep up, and then maybe you never know what can happen. Yeah. But let me see if I can force him into a mistake, and looky there. And I but, but he and Raul Fernandez were so far ahead when Raul crashed. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, they they pulled out a second on the first lap. That's crazy. Yeah, I, I mean, he was Remy Gardner finished the race six six seconds in front of Canet. So yeah, I mean, they were yep. moving, and and he just. You know, he just grinds laps out, man. And this this Remy Gardner this year is just so impressive to me. Yeah, no, he he. If you take away Raúl Fernandez, no one's close to Remy Gardner this year. He's just been yeah. he's not he, he's been perfect. <laughs> but you know, we got to see it's a long season, and you know, bad luck starts to creep up. So let's see if Remy can keep it going. But you know, yeah, for sure right now break, he's in a great yeah. run of form. Yeah. Yep. He's going into a great run of form. That's right. Um, the man we were talking about a little bit last last for the uh, Catalonia race and struggle and struggle. Kanet putting it in second. What a race. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, the top Bosco scorer uh, in the grid. You know, he's he, he finished, you know, ahead of uh, Jorge Navarro. It was on the Bosco score cha- chassis, and then also Albert Arenas as well. So this is a really, really good uh, result for Kinnett. Um I'm happy to see him do this. Uh, you know, we talked last last part about it. You know, we think that he, I think he definitely wants to to move this chassis forward and, and develop this bike, and uh, and develop his team and make it a competitive team. So a great, great finish for him. Great race for him. Yeah, no doubt. I, I I'm super happy that. Uh that he, he put it up on the podium. I, I think, you know, that was, that's a great step in the right direction. Uh, Marco Bezecchi finishing in third. I mean, he's doing what he's been doing all year. He's hanging around, being right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with, you know, if you look at it, uh, you know, he is, he has really just been uber consistent this year. And that's, and that's, I don't know what else you want from him. I mean, it's I don't, like easy. we talked about, I don't think he's the back. Well, it's not easy to it's do. Right. It's not easy to do, given his the expectations he probably had coming into this year, right? You know, he, I agree. Yeah. He wanted to be at the front, and, and not, not saying that he's 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 obviously not at the back, you know, but he he's not at the the, the sharp end. You know, he's not winning races, no. but he's getting close to that podium. He's getting on the podium, but I think this is this is he is he's being very resilient this year and he's just showing up every sunday he keeps putting in the laps he keeps putting in the time he doesn't make make a lot of of, of dumb errors he he finishes races and, and he's top five you know and yep. that's where he needs to be that, that if that's the best he's got that day then that's what he delivers you know he doesn't go out and make a silly mistake and throw the bike up the road he's just he's doing right. all that he can and i think that that's admirable uh you know given the fact that you know that it's it's killing him that he's not where he wants to be oh i agree i mean there there for sure you know he he is he is wondering how he's not anywhere close to Remy and Raul in terms of speed yeah. week after week. But, mm-hmm. you know, for all that, he's only 11 points behind Raul Fernandez now. So maybe, you know, the second half of the year, anything can happen. Right. Yeah, he's definitely. he's 47 points behind Remy, and he could be a lot farther behind Remy, let's be honest. No doubt. Absolutely. I agree. So, I mean, you know, you just have to, you just have to tip your hat to him. He, he's been fighting through the struggles or whatever they're having and and i know like you said it has been easy when you had those kind of expectations but he's refused to let that uh dictate and affect his performance on track he's getting what he can get and he'll just keep doing it so i think you know for for marco bezecchi i think you just got to keep your head up keep or keep it down and keep working uh stay positive and hopefully it'll turn around for you definitely um but, you know, Fabio DiCantonio had a good race, finishing in fourth. Sam Lowe's is in fifth. But I, there's a guy, and, and we've talked about Sam Lowe's. But you know what? Who's had a good year? Marcel Schroeder. Marcel Schroeder has been in the top ten of a lot of these races. And he's not a guy we talk about very much. But I have to give him credit. I mean, he's right there. He's fighting for those top tens. And... You know, very deserving of the seat that he has in uh, Moto Two. Yeah, he's only got. There was only one uh, one race so far that he's not scored points in. So yeah, he's definitely 
putting he's grinding out this season and it's not where he wants to be I don't think it's where everyone expected him to really be I think we we expected him to be a bit further you know up the front just kind of based on what we saw out of him a couple of years ago he seemed to be quite strong uh, that team I think is kind of taking a little bit of a step back but they've got really good talent in Marshall Schrader but also you know Tony Arbolino's there too and he's going to come into this bike really soon um, we saw yep. it, you know, a bit uh, previously, but I think it's coming. It's definitely on the way. But like you say, definitely, you know, Marshall Schroeder sitting sixth right now in the championship. We're going into a break, um, you know, and, and who knows what can happen in the second half of the season. Yeah, absolutely. But he's, but he is. I don't think, I don't think he's on the same level as Fernandez, or right. Gardner, or Bezeki. But at the same time. Not everybody can be there. That top three is reserved for top three. And, you know, he, like you said, he's sitting sixth in the championship. Good for him. And, you know, at least he's making a good accounting of himself when he's out there. And uh, he's doing a great job for his team. They're, they're, they're right where they need to be. Jorge Navarro finishing a race. Great. Yeah, definitely. And not only that, he finished in the top ten. So he would like for you to send a public apology. No. We, we need multiple <laughs> I'm not there yet. I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> okay. Well, and, and you know, Albert Arenas is, seems to be maybe getting to grips with this Moto2 bike, which would be great because he needs to. Yeah. Uh, he and Dallaporta both have struggled coming up from that Moto3 class, and uh, I, I would like nothing more than to see both of them do well, but Albert Arenas, I think, is going to... You know, he's on that Bosco Scuro chassis, so maybe he's starting to get it figured out a little bit, and we'll see what happens. So he's had a couple of decent finishes here. But um, I, I really I want to mention uh, Marcos Ramirez because Cameron Bobier basically followed him the entire race. Um, I watched them move through the pack, you know, slowly, slowly, slowly together. I'd see Marcos pass them by, then I'd see Cameron pass them, you know, just watching yeah. on the side of the screen. We didn't get to see him ride much because the Cameron cam wasn't on. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was it was fun to watch um, from a from an American fan perspective just to watch uh, Cameron moving up the field and yeah. for him to get a top 10 is a big deal. But we got to mention Joe Roberts. Um, I, before we go there, I just want to add to, you know, like you said about Cameron moving up. Um, Cameron Bobier started this race. We didn't mention this. started this race in 25th. And, you know, these bikes are all spec bikes. These are all Triumph 765 engines. We see how many times, you know, uh, in qualifying, you know, how, how many of these bikes are covered by just a sec- How many of these times are just covered by, you know, a second or less? Uh, these lap times and, and Cameron Bobier starting in, in 25th on a track that's really got one line all the way around it and him to be able to to move up to 10th place on on spec bikes with you know other riders that are around him that's impressive to me in, in his first year in this class and and I think that's something that you know it can't shower Cameron Bobier enough with with enough praise um I, I would just I would love to see that fast lap, that qualifying lap, get nailed, you know, and see him get into Q2 and even get a start, you know, in the top 14 yeah. or in the top yeah. 10 and really see what he can do, uh, you know, as we go race distance. Um, just because I obviously I've got, you know, 
it's the on the Ameri- on the American the bandwagon here, but I have to be. But also because Cameron Bobier just he's a you know really laid back guy and goes out and he does his work and he puts in laps and and he he knows that the bike is he knows that the bike is a good bike. I think he had a crew chief change as well. Um, so lots of stuff changing for him. A lot of new things. A lot of stuff and a lot of stuff that he's really settled into this year. And that's big, and, and, and to have the kind of success that he's having and to, with all of these changes, I just can't speak highly enough about the job that Cameron Bobier is doing in that garage right now. Yeah, he's doing a great job toting that flag, right? I mean, he did, he, he's learning new tracks almost every week, and mm-hmm. uh, and so I'm a, I'm a big fan, and I'm, I'm happy about that. you know. But on the other side of that, we got Joe Roberts. Yeah, yeah, we've got to talk about it. Um, the, the Joe, the Joe's just, yeah, look – I can't give you the same benefit of the doubt that I give Cam because you know these tracks. This is your third year over there. Yeah, and and this is the And you you have made small steps from year one to year two and year two to year three, but you're not finishing enough races, number one, and number two, you're not... When you put yourself on the front row, you can't start well enough to keep it there and then they get away from you and then you're racing for fifth and sixth these are things that you need to be working on constantly and to be 100 percent honest i can't see that he's working on it because it's not improving so it's not so we've seen too too often he doesn't finish races he's got three dnfs this year uh you know too many yeah yeah and that like you said that's too many um, he's eighth right now in the championship. He's only got fifty points. He's one hundred and fourteen points off of off of Remy Gardner. But I mean, if you the same thing. This is the flip side to what we talk about. Betsecki, right? Betsecki goes out. If Betsecki does not have podium pace, Betsecki gives you the pace that he does have, and he brings the bike home. I feel that if Joe Roberts doesn't have podium pace. Joe Roberts still rides like he has podium pace, and ends, and the bike ends up in the deck. And, and I think that the and that could be wrong. Obviously, I'm, I'm armchair quarterback in here, but um, I think that that you know at some point we have to to talk about that and say you know if you're not if you're not going to be there if you're not if you don't have the pace, just bring the bike home to what you you have to ride to you have to ride to your limit that day, right? You have to ride yep. to what the conditions are handing you. We have to ride to what the bike's handing handing you that day, and you just have to be able to manage it better. You have to be able to manage yourself and manage the bike a bit better. Right. I mean, look that that's part of the deal, and we don't know what's going to happen in the second half of the year. But to this point, he's he's not. He's just not doing what I thought he would do, and so maybe. Maybe it's just going to take a little longer than we thought. Maybe it's still coming. We just have to see, and and we're 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 struggling along with him. So to that end, you know, okay, but it sure is frustrating to know that there's an American on a great team over there, and and man, he he's just not he's just not able to get the results that we want. Now, it's a, it's sometimes we're a little unfair because what we want to happen might not be able to happen. But, you know, that's that's what you do when you're a racer. You have fans, and sometimes fair isn't part of the deal. 
Um, but well, we you know, know that that's it, what Joe wants too, right? Obviously, he wouldn't be over there just to go ride around on Sunday afternoon. You know, he wants to win, so he's feeling this pain too. He's feeling this frustration, and and I'm sure that he's kind of living in a shadow right now because Cameron Bobier is coming over, and people are seeing that Cameron Bobier is fast out of the gate, you know, and 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 moving through the pack, uh, you know, during these races, and Joe Roberts is. It's just not. He's not there. He's not. I mean, the 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 screen the bet the most screen time Joe might get during a race is whenever he goes into the gravel trap. So we don't want that. We, oh. we definitely we want to see Joe mm. Roberts be that successful. That was tough. That was tough. Yeah, bro. I didn't, I didn't mean it. Well, no, I didn't mean it. You know, derogatory. I'm just saying. You know, that's not. We we want to we want to see more more Joe Roberts towards the front. That's what I mean by that. Hmm. I got you. Well, all I'm saying is that was tough. But tough yeah. love sometimes is the best kind. And, and we we just want to see Joe do well. And hopefully he will. Um, yeah, definitely. But, and, and with that, I'm done with Moto2. How about you? Yeah, yeah. I think we should uh, hop over to GP. Got a little bit we can, yeah. a little bit to talk about. Well, there. there's a lot going on here.